<laughs> All right, uh, Mark, Mark says we're up. So uh, let, let's jump right into it. Brother Todd says we're still in Hebrews. So if you have your Bible, you'll find Hebrews, obviously, in the New Testament. Chapter 1, we're going all the way back to chapter 1 again, and we're going to look at two verses, verses 13 and 14. So Hebrews chapter 1, verses 13 and 14. The author says, But to which of the angels saith he, that is God the Father, at any time sit on my right hand until I make thine enemies thy footstool? Of course, we know the Father is speaking to the Lord Jesus saying, you know, you're on my right hand, not the angels. But then it goes in verse 14, it says, Are they, speaking of the angels, not all ministering spirits? They came to minister, not be ministered to. They were created to minister. You remember Abraham and the tent in the book of Genesis and the two angels, one of them was Christ, but the other one was literally an angel that came to minister to Abraham. Remember Daniel? An angel came to death. Angels are meant to minister to human beings. Minister to God first, but minister to that second creation called the human race. Are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for them who shall be heirs of salvation? We know angels were created to be ministers. This, of course, had the greatest angel up in arms fuming over that second creation. He didn't mind ministering to the Father, so to speak. We're talking about Lucifer here. He didn't mind ministering to the Godhead. But there was no way he was going to accept the fact that there was another creation coming and that they had to minister to this lesser creation. We are lesser than the angels for now. Once we get our brand new glorified bodies... Look out. I mean, the angels are going to be envious, okay? According to Hebrews 1.14, the redeemed amongst the human race will be attended to and served for all eternity by the angels. Thus, we humans, according to God, are more powerful than the angels. We don't act like we are because we're limited in these bodies for right now. But God created angels to minister to us, not be ministered to, and they are going to minister to us for all eternity future. Now, if that be so, and it is, which of those within the human race, male or female, does Satan fear the most? Listen carefully tonight. We know he hates the human race, but who does he fear the most in his conquest to destroy the human race? Turn to Genesis 3 and verse 1. Genesis 3 and verse 1. You know the story. Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto, what's the next word? Woman. Not the man. Satan went after the woman. And he said unto the woman, notice these next four words, Yea, hath God said... You, 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 you have all this faith in God. All your security is in Him. But you need to doubt that. In fact, you need to swap out that security for something else. That's basically what He told Eve. 
We know who Satan went after in his conquest to destroy the human race. He went after the woman. The question is why? Why did he go after the woman and not the man? And the answer, of course, is quite simple. You see, Satan was there when Adam and Eve were created. So he witnessed how the woman was created and knew how powerfully she was designed. He was there. We weren't there. We know what happened through Scripture, but he was actually there. Whereas man was created from dirt, woman was created from a finished product, the rib within man. Thus woman was designed to be man's superior, not vice versa. And Satan knew it. Was not one of the two curses placed on the woman's life after the fall to serve the man? Was not one of the two curses? We know two curses were placed upon Eve in Genesis 3, starting at verse 16. One curse was she would have trouble in bearing children. She would have pain. But the other curse was she had to serve the man and let him rule over her. Genesis 3.16 says this, Unto the woman he said, I will greatly multiply thy sorrow and thy conception. In sorrow thou shalt bring forth children, curse number one, and thy desire, thy desire shall be to or against. By the way, that word in the Hebrew in, in Genesis 4 means against. And thy desire shall be against thy husband. And he shall, what's the next word? Rule over thee. Meaning, originally, before the fall, woman was man's superior, his better half, not his other half, and Satan knew this. Now, follow me. Not only was the woman to experience pain when bringing forth children into the world, she was told she had to yield to a lesser creation. Now, you know why women rebel against their husbands at times. Any woman here never rebel against their husband? Okay, yeah. Okay, now, now watch. It's an instinctive and an intuitive response which comes from her original creation. Thus, it sets off within her a natural reaction which wants to rebel against submitting to an inferior creation. Whereas man was created to have a need, woman was created to fill a need. Was not the woman man's designated helpmeet? Thus, she was designed better than the man. Whereas man was created, now listen to this, a biological miracle. He didn't have a mother or father. <laughs> we all have mothers and fathers. Adam did not have mother or father. Neither did Eve, really. Was, was not the woman a biological miracle maker? Now, listen to the difference. One's a biological miracle, Adam. Eve is the biological miracle maker. There's a difference. Was not the Son of God born of a virgin without the aid of a man, yes or no? Absolutely. Miracle maker. That makes her a biological miracle maker. So here's what Satan knew that we now know. Number one, we know the human race is more powerful than the angels. We know that just by reading Hebrews chapter 1, verses 13 14. Else why would the leading angel named Lucifer want to try and destroy the human race in the garden? Number two, we know that Satan fears the woman the most in his conquest to destroy the human race. Else why would he go after the woman in the garden and not the man? 
Number three, we know that God is using the woman to bring mankind salvation, not the man. Remember Genesis 3.15? Remember? God told the serpent, Satan himself, that he would usher in the Savior through a woman without the aid of a man. Look what it says, Genesis 3.15. And I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and, what's those next two words? Her seed. Women don't have seed. Women have eggs. Men have seed. Genesis 3.15, God is telling the entire world. He's answering Satan here. He's saying, someday I'm going to use the woman to destroy you. Not the man, the woman. Now, by the way, Satan was there when all this took place. So he knows what we know, but he knew it first. Listen carefully. The most powerful beings in the universe outside of God are human beings. And of the two genders within that human race, Satan fears the woman the most. Are you listening, ladies? Did you know that women were designed in such a way that they have more power over a man than even God does? Listen to 1 Peter 3.1. Likewise, ye wives, be in subjection to your own husbands. In other words, you were cursed. You now have to submit yourself to the lesser creation, part of your curse. But you do that. In submission to me, you do that. And it says this, If any of your husbands obey not the word, they also may without the word be won by the conversation or behavior of the wives. More powerful, powerful than the word of God itself in a man's life is the woman behind that man. Now, I said all that to get to this. This is really what I want to get to. If Satan fears the woman the most, and he does, he was there when it all played out. What's the one area within a woman's life that Satan knows he can tamper with in order to cripple her influence for good and for God? You'll find that answer in Genesis. Turn to Genesis 3 and verse 1 again. Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made, and he said unto the woman, notice those next four words, Yea, hath God said? You've been depending on your Creator, and all your security is in Him, but I'm going to Swap that security out for a different kind of security, woman. This is what Satan fears the most, that a woman would be more dependent upon God than anything else, that she would find her security in the Lord, not in anything else. Now, watch how this plays out. Satan knew if he could get the woman to question God's authority, his word, he could get her to swap her security in God for a different kind of security. Proverbs 31 tells us that a woman who fears the Lord has all her security in him. It says it's Satan's greatest foe. This is what the Bible teaches. The greatest foe 
Satan faces is a woman who is completely secure in the Lord. She doesn't need a man. She serves a man. She doesn't need attention because she knows how she was created to meet a need, not have a need. She knows all these things intuitively, but she has a choice. Do I make the choice Eve made and swap out my security in God for some other kind of security, or do I just stick with my security in God? Satan says, oh, the very thing I have to attack is her security in God. Yea, hath God said? That's how he attacked her security in God. And by the way, it didn't take but a blink of an eye for her to say, yep, I'll swap it. Didn't take a blink. And that was a woman created before she sinned. She was perfect before she sinned. <laughs> Satan knows that if you can swap out a woman's security in God for a different kind of security, you can then defeat the greatest design in all of God's creation. How many here remember the rock group, the Eagles? Anybody? Okay, I mean, I'm old, so the 70s. <laughs> Any, anybody remember the song they wrote called Lion Eyes? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know how that was written. Uh, Glenn Fry and, and uh, uh, Don Henley were, were in their favorite restaurant in L.A., and uh, they were watching all these women coming in and out. This is how this song was written. While they were sitting there one evening, they noticed something about women that fueled the lyrics to their entire song. While observing all kinds of beautiful women, including married women who were obviously cheating on their husbands, they took note of one couple in particular, went back to their living quarters, and wrote their song called Lying Eyes. That couple that they noticed was an extremely gorgeous-looking woman, followed by her date, a well-to-do but much, much older man. And they thought to themselves... It's amazing how a woman will do just about anything for a little security. She'll do just about anything. Listen to what they said in the opening, opening lyrics of that song. I'm not going to sing it because I can't sing. You're only going to get the words. City girls just seem to find out early how to open doors with just a smile. A rich old man, and she won't have to worry. There it is. Security. She'll dress up in lace and go in style. Late at night, the big old house gets lonely. I guess every form of refuge has its price. And it breaks her heart to think her love is only given to a man with hands as cold as ice. Both Glenn and Don noted that a lot of women will do just about anything for a little security. What they didn't realize when they wrote that song was that's exactly what Satan saw in the woman when he first encountered her in the garden. He saw the very thing they wrote about 6,000 years later. He saw that the woman was willing to trade her security in God. Yea, hath God said, she didn't even blink. And she left her security in God. This took place 6,000 years ago. 
not just in 1975. The most powerful creature in all of God's universe, the woman, when offered an opportunity to swap out her security in God for a different kind of security, did just that, and she did it without blinking an eyelid. I mean, we all read it in Genesis chapter 3. Without even blinking, she traded it all in. And this is what women, pay attention, this is what women have to be careful about. See, you are most feared by Satan when you give God the last say, and that's it. You don't question anything. You, you, your security is in him and his word, not in anything else. That's what Glenn and Don wrote about in 1975, and it's been playing over and over again for all these years. 3,000 years ago, Solomon told, and this is, I, I really want to get into this, but I, I won't have time tonight. Solomon wrote in Ecclesiastes chapter 7 all about his 1,000 wives, 700 wives and 300 concubines. He wrote all about it. And here's what he said. I'm going to sum it up. He said, not one of them have any virtue. That's what he said. When you get to a book of Ecclesiastes and you read that, it, it's, it's, it's point blank. Not one of the woman, women that he took into his harem and all the rest of it, not one of them came in loving him. They were all there for security. Every one of them. Is it no wonder he said, in Proverbs 31 and verse 10, who can find a virtuous woman for her price is far above rubies. Far. Far. Find a woman who says yes to God and no to her own feelings. And you'll find a creature that, God, that, that Satan fears the most. Because he, he was there in the garden. He was there when God promised Adam and Eve in, in Genesis 3.15 that, that, you know, the Savior of the world was going to come through the, her seed. Not his seed, her seed. And he has viewed, Satan that is, he has viewed all these ladies from that day till our day. And do you realize there's only one lady in all the Bible that was called virtuous? Only one. Meaning it's a rare thing for a woman to truly be virtuous. That's why Solomon said, who, who can find a virtuous woman? They're so rare, it's unreal. The thousand of them that I married, not one of them were virtuous. Not one of them took God as their security. They took me, Solomon, as their security. You know who that woman was, don't you? Ruth. She was a Moabite. She wasn't even an Israeli. The only woman in all the Bible that was called virtuous. And you say, well, why was she called virtuous? Well, you know the story. She was born and raised in Moab. Her and her sister married two Israeli boys who had come over, Naomi and her boys and her husband. They came over and, and, and sojourned in Moab. And then the husband died, and Mo Naomi was left with just, you know, her daughters and her sons-in-laws or her daughter-in-laws and her sons. And then, of course, her two sons died. 
So she's just left with her Moabite daughter-in-laws. And she'd been bragging on the Savior of the world coming. But when all this took place, she just got bitter. You know how it's so easy to get bitter. And she says, I'm going back home. I'm going back to Israel, going back to Bethlehem. I, I, you know, you two girls that are my daughter-in-laws, you stay here. And Ruth said, nope. I'm, I'm, I'm going with you. No, 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 no. Your security, listen to this. Your security is here. And she said, don't care. I want to make the Lord my security. I know if I go back with you, Naomi, I have nothing to go back to. Nothing. But I do have the Word of God. And by the way, in Deuteronomy 25, she remembered, well, obviously, uh, Naomi was a person of the Bible because she said once she got back to her, okay, now I'm back. Uh, in order to, you know, fulfill my dead husband, I have to marry his nearest kinman. Yeah, well, what if he's ugly? What if he's poor? Come to find out, Boaz is her nearest, or his you know, nearest kinsman. And Boaz is 136 years old. Never married, never wanted to get married. She's only about 30. When she finds out that he's the nearest kinsman, she says, I want to marry him. Not because he has money, but because my security is in God. And God says that I ought to follow his word. Yea, hath God said? Yeah, she said, and God said I have to follow his word and I have to marry the nearest kinsman. Just because he's 136 years old, and, and you know, I, I could marry a young man or a rich man, you know, or poor, but, but I, I want to marry him because this is what God says. And that's when Boaz says, thou art a virtuous woman. You see the word virtue? It means you want what's right, right based on the Word of God. Any woman that just wants what's right based on the Word of God and her love of the Word of God, no matter where else she gets her security from, in the end, her security is in God and His Word. Satan fears that woman the most. Your goal as a woman Ought to, ought to be to fall in love with this book more than anything else you do. This, this is where you live and die. Those are the kind of women God uses. By the way, you know Ruth, Ruth, who Ruth ended up being. Great-grandmother of David, who brought forth the Savior of the world. I mean, he, she had nothing she was told to stay there because that's where her security lied, and she said no to that security. One in a million. You see, it takes virtue to keep on giving God the last say in your life. It takes virtue to allow God to remain your security. Yet a virtuous woman, a woman who relies on God for her security, is rare indeed. Find a woman who makes God and his word her security, and you'll find the devil shaking in his boots. I promise you. Why? Because a woman who's totally secure in God does the greatest damage to Satan's kingdom. Is that not true? 
the greatest damage ever done to Satan's kingdom is when the Virgin Mary brought forth the Son of God. Satan knew that from the beginning. Women need to know that now. Sadly, however, it's always, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> it's always easier for a woman to marry for security than it is for her to risk the uncertainties that come with a real relationship or love. What's really interesting is how women, now listen to this, can hear that truth about themselves in a rock song and quietly nod their head in agreement, but you let a preacher broach the subject and she'll revolt against it every time. How dare you talk about such a thing? Oh, you, you, it, It's okay if the eagles sing about it, but it's not okay if, if God's man says something about it. it. It's true whether the eagles say or the Bible says it. It's still true. In conclusion, the thing Satan fears most when it comes to the human race is a virtuous woman. A woman who makes God her security by making his word the number one priority in her life. By the way, the, <laughs> the devil doesn't fear me as much as he fears her. I promise you. And for those of you ladies listening, he fears you as well. Let him fear you because of your devotion to God and your, your trust in his security through his word and not any other kind of security. God bless these missionary wives that, that leave everything, follow their husband. You know, she was like a missionary's wife. <laughs> I took her all over this country in in ministries the Lord led me to all over this place you, you wonder why our kids never met a stranger and you, you you've met our kids okay uh, they can have a conversation with anybody because we never stayed long in one place I was always going from this ministry to that ministry to this ministry wherever the Lord led me and she just followed along She didn't tell me, you need to settle down and get a job and we need to get a home and we just need to be taken care of. No, she just said, my security's in the Lord and I know what the Bible says, so here we go. More powerful than angels is the human race, we know that, but it's the woman, not the man, that Satan fears the most. Thus, the woman who makes God her security is the greatest fear Satan has. Last statement. Hath God said ought never be in a woman's vocabulary. Hath God said that ought not to be a part of a woman's vocabulary. If it isn't a part of your vocabulary, you become Satan's greatest enemy. But again, that's who God likes to work through. Satan's greatest enemies, the woman. You just keep yielding to the book, falling in line to its truths, letting God be your security in everything. 
Amen? All right, let's pray here. Father, thank you for the book of Hebrews. Thank you for what it teaches us. Thank you for those two verses at the end of Hebrews chapter 1, which tell us all about the angels serving us for all eternity future, which makes us more powerful than angels. And yet, between the man and the woman that are within the human race, it's the woman who Satan fears the most. We know this just from reading Scripture. May every woman under the sound of my voice just fall in love with you, Lord, and your word, and, and live by faith, not their feelings. And may you use them like you used Ruth. In Jesus' name, amen. Good.